0: Hey, hey, welcome back to the Drum Mantra Podcast. It is March 20th, 2023, and it's been a long time since I've done a podcast. It actually has been a little more than a year, um, and I don't know if I can say that it won't be a little more than a year until the next one comes out, but uh, there's a lot of things to juggle with a podcast. It's a labor of love, and I do love it. But a lot of other things have been happening in the past year, and I'm very excited to announce a lot of those things, and then just share some audio from a recent um, interview that I did, because I think it might be helpful to some people. So since February 24th, 2022, which was the last time I was here on the podcast, I have put out two books. One is called The Groove Studies with the Twentieth Note. And it was released in December, December 1st of 2022. And then just recently, March 1st, I released The Coordination Matrix with the 20th Notebook. Now this is a trilogy of books. The 20th Note study is a trilogy of books. Book 1 is The Coordination Matrix, which just came out. And it is 49 exercises that go through a series of accent structure uh, with the hands, and the feet are doing different, basically, pulse placements. So no rhythms with the feet, just uh, various positions on the 20th note field. Those are basically treated as warm-ups for the Groove Studies book. However, they stand alone as what a lot of the members of the Drum Mantra Lesson Vault community have called the meditations. They're long, I think about 10 or 11 minute long uh, audio files that carry you through each of the 49 exercises. So there's 490 minutes of music, I guess, or so, maybe a little more. And... Some of these get very challenging, so you would probably just want to sit on it, play it, maybe play it again. But the whole point of these long exercises is to develop muscle memory. And if you've been around drum mantra at all much, you know that I really try to push the idea of rhythmic repetition, developing muscle memory, getting some of these more complex concepts into your body requires your body to train itself to move in certain ways, and it can only get uh, to the level of doing it without you having to think about it through lots and lots of repetition. And so I've created play-alongs for all of the drum mantra exercises. There's lots of them, and they all do that. They all keep you on an exercise for a long time so you can really dig deep and and see how it feels. Um, The Groove Studies book is massive it's like 220 pages the coordination matrix book is 170 something pages too the groove studies book is all about groove uh hi-hat is playing five different permutations there's five different chapters uh bass drum is playing a hundred and gosh i don't even remember now, 114 different bass drum patterns with a backbeat on the snare drum uh we've modified these things to go uh Right hand on the ride cymbal and playing uh, the chord note pulses with the left foot. So there's a lot of things you can do with it, but it is a serious deep dive into playing grooves that are based on 20 subdivisions per measure of 4/4. It has a very interesting sound, and um, well, maybe I'll just play one for you here. I'll just I'll pull up uh, a track and play it for you. Um, this is number. 7A, this is one of the favorites from from everybody, so I'll just play a little bit of 7A for a second. Here it is. So you can see it's very involved. There's, like, there's a simplicity to it. There's an elegance to it. But there's also a depth to it. Which is something that I really strive for in all the drum mantra exercises. Um, I want you to develop a deep sense of understanding of, of note placement. Of groove. It feels good but it's also very accurate. Doesn't sound like a machine even though it's precise. So that book has 600 play alongs it's insane and um i'm taking through i'm taking all the members of the drum mantra lesson vault community through the entire book it's gonna we're gonna spend a whole year on it and we are just wrapping up section two you just heard section one uh we're just wrapping up section two there's three sections left the final two sections are going to require months to work on so we're trying to get through the first three quickly so we can get on to the, um, the really hard stuff that's going to require a lot of attention. Anyway, those two books were released, um, played a ton of gigs, you know, right after the pandemic um, we were back strong. We played, I guess, 2022, I can't even remember, but last la- last year I think, I think we probably did uh, maybe a hundred dates. Um, so it was a busy time and then this year we're, we're just about to start working into uh, about an 80 80 date schedule for the rest of the year uh, playing. so so that'd be good. it's not too terribly much. it's enough to um, give me time to continue to work on drum mantra, which is a huge focus for me now is composing and writing the books composing the play-alongs. Anyway, um, so those are the two books. Those are available on Amazon. Eventually, they'll be available on Hudson Digital. Um, The Foundational Series book and the Primary Series book are available on Hudson Digital, so if you like the digital versions of things, go to HudsonMusic.com and just search Drum Mantra or Rich Stitzel. Either way, you can get those digital copies, or you can go to Amazon and find all the books there. And would love to have you in the Lesson Vault. We practice three times a week live. We do a, a Zoom call. I've curated a ton of material onto keynote um, presentations. And uh, the members just log in to a, a Zoom call every Saturday, Sunday, and Monday at 1 p.m. Central. And we just go through the exercises together. Everyone's just at their own house or in studio. And um, we just watch the music and listen to the play along and practice along it's great it's been awesome it's been fun to build a community and we're really working hard and there's been lots of improvement Um, a lot of people have been saying that they've really seen a big improvement in their playing so you're invited to join us for that too drummantra.com you can sign up you get a week for free to check it out and then you can sign up for the monthly which you know it's typical $29 a month, which is nothing. It's like less than a dollar a day. Or if you sign up for a year, I think you get two months free, so you pay basically for 10 months. Um, Super worth it. Everyone in there is super cool, all over the world, professional players, um, serious... uh, I don't don't like to use the word amateur, but people who are not fully doing their career playing music but do play and teach. So great group of... uh, great group of community members. So we'd love to have you in if you're interested in joining a group like that. So a couple weeks ago, I did an interview with a high school um, on a, a career day. I was talking to them about the ideas of career in music, what that's like, and just basically answering questions that the students had. And it was nice. They had some great questions. Uh, it 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 kind of um, inspired me to have some answers that I think were pretty, pretty, a uh, good and universal for people to hear. Not only people who are going into the career of music or want to from high school or college, but just people who are in it and just need a little refresher on, on uh, you know, mindset and stuff like that. So I'm just going to play this podcast. Uh, not this podcast. I'm just going to play this interview, and uh, it runs for quite a while. So you'll just check it out and then at the end i'll just sign off and and then hopefully i'll talk to you again soon all right enjoy hey
1: okay this is rich drummer and author um drummer author composer educator um rich has been a professional musician since 92 touring recording and performing in venues ranging from coffee shops and bookstores to nightclubs to theaters and arenas he's been an author since 2006 and has written three books on the topic of drum set education. He's been a composer since 2007 and has written over 100 hours of music for his educational platform. He's been a clinician since 1995, giving talks, workshops, clinics, master classes at universities and music stores across the country. He's been the host of an award-winning podcast since 2018. He's married with a daughter and a stepdaughter in college, and he also has two cats. (laughs) Um, He considers himself a freelance entrepreneurial creative. Um, As a musician, there are many avenues one can take to satisfy not only the artistic and creative need, but also the practical financial aspects of life. One of the biggest challenges of being your own product is work ethic, learning to be your own boss, accountant booking agent manager etc is one of the biggest tricks to having a, su- a successful career as an artist the bottom line is you have to love what you do so much that you would just as easily call it your hobby as you would your job if you're an artist or creative person of any kind musician painter dancer writer etc we would love to talk to you about all of your options to get to doing what you love as you graduate into a printable. rich stitzel take it away
0: hey all right wow i can't believe i even wrote that that was that was impressive Hi, everybody. It's, uh, it's great to see you. I know we have short time and I want to be as helpful to you as possible. So I would love to answer questions um, instead of talking more about myself or even, I mean, I'm happy to answer questions about what I do, but I want it to relate to you and your career path, your ideas. I know that you're in high school now. This is a version of your, this is one of your lives college is going to feel like a whole lifetime to you. And then as you get out of school and start to get into your quote career, that's going to feel like a lifetime. Like we have all these milestones, um, throughout our life and each one of them is different. And you'll realize I'm, I'm 52 years old. And I I look back now and I see all these, these, epochs in my in my career and they're all very different i thought differently i felt different um so i want to i want to talk about that and let you know that you don't have to have everything figured out right now because things change throughout your life so uh what do you do you each have a question prepared or are we just gonna have a little conversation you do okay great um well who would like to ask ask the first question tell me your name what you're wanting to do, what you think you want to do, and then your question.
2: Um, I'm T. Smith second. I want to be a musician and an actor. Uh, right now, I'm most interested in, like, drum set, and I just want to know how you became such a good drummer.
0: Well, there's no secret to becoming good at something. It takes a lot of dedication, a lot of work, sacrifice, you know, like... There were times in school where I decided that instead of hanging out with my friends, I'm going to practice. There were even times where I decided instead of going to school, I'm going to stay home and practice. (laughs) And I don't recommend that for anybody, but, um, it, it, it just, it's a decision on, you know, if you're passionate about something, then you're going to dive full into it. And right now you're probably 17, 18, right? Something like that. 16, 15. 15? Okay. So nowadays, everyone thinks that they have to have rock star level abilities by the time they're 18, and then by the time they're 21, and then by the time they're 25. It's a lifelong journey, right? There are are drummers alive right now. Uh, Roy Haynes is like 90 years old. He's still practicing, and I mean, he's one of the best drummers of all time. So we have to remember that the whole thing is a journey. Um, and I don't feel like I'm as good as I want to be. And that's what drives me to continue to practice, right? You have to continue to acknowledge your, the work that you've done and the progress that you've made, but you also have to stay motivated and inspired and driven to always do better, always, you know, work harder and it'll happen. I mean, it just, it just takes time. It's one of those things that actually literally requires time because you have to have time to practice, right? yeah that's a great question it's a hard thing to do it's the easiest thing to think about and it's the hardest thing to actually do is like get in the practice room and work on the things that matter it helps to have a teacher yeah but uh i mean a double threat actor and musician that's awesome you can do a lot with that that's very cool good well if we if we have time we'll circle back around we can talk a little bit more about that i want to make sure i catch everybody and and get a little bit of an answer in at least thank you is that is that good for you yes okay awesome
1: hi I'm uh, Melody Pierce I am a um, I'm a junior here at friend and I play the trumpet in the band I um, my question is like I just I always loved playing my instrument but I was just never sure like if I were to pursue a career in that like what steps do I take like during
0: high school and after high school if I were to pursue that? Well, the the thing that happens in college that does not happen in high school is you start is you're all of a sudden with a bunch of people that have the same goal as you. Right? In high school, you're just in high school, there's lots of different people, and now all of a sudden you're in college and you're hanging out and a lot of your friends become trumpet players because those are the people you're in class with. And so you start to build your network. It starts to happen in college. So when you're in college, you're making friends and it feels like you're just having, having a nice life with friends. But then when you get out of college, you realize, Oh, so-and-so is now playing with tower power. Oh, so-and-so is now playing with, you know, snarky puppy. And you go, Oh, I sure am glad I went to school with these people. Hey, how's it going? You guys need another Trump? you know, like your, your network starts to build it starts to build now really um and you don't want to treat your friends like they're like business partners or anything like that but your community starts to become more related to what you love to do and that just that supports your growth as well yeah does that make sense
2: yeah i think so
0: yeah yeah i mean it happens it's it makes more sense for us as artists we see it happen in in the business world all the time it's like Oh, these people went to Stanford and now they're in Silicon Valley and they just invented Facebook. You know, they're 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 good friends. They went to college together and that's how it works. That's how it works for everybody. Same with musicians. Yeah. Yeah. So another another thing that just happens as time moves on. Good question. How about in the white shirt with the water bottle?
2: Yeah. So okay. <laughs> Um, I'm assuming that you've published stuff, um, you know, musically speaking. So, um, I was really curious, um, what the whole process looks like, cause I've worked with the collective labels and that's a kind of an easier process cause you just give them your stuff and, oh, everyone worked on it. So, you know, you just assign someone to do that job. So what's that like being, um, your own guy doing that?
0: Well, uh, my I'm a third generation musician. My grandfather was a huge, uh, he, he had a publishing company. He started this mm-hmm. big jazz organization. And I remember being in his office a long time ago, and it's just like millions of pieces of paper and stacks of books and music stuff. And then my dad is a publisher. He writes big band music. Um, so I grew up watching that world And when I started to, you know, the, the beauty of the invention of the internet and social media made it so much easier to do everything on your own. Um, whereas in the old days you'd have to pay a printing press and then a distributor and then a a publishing company. And pretty soon, uh, you know, a, a $30 product that sells for $30 retail, the person who wrote that book or whatever is going to make about $2 and I just, I watched that happen in my life. I watched my family be publishers and have people as artists. And I'm like, man, it's like buying something on a credit card going with a publisher nowadays. Cause if you're willing to put in the work, you're going to promote your stuff more than any publishing company. Uh, Hudson music, which is the largest music publication company in the world just released one of my books today it it came out and they sent an email to their list of 50,000 people or whatever and then that'll be it they're not going to send that another email out to their list because they have another artist tomorrow and another artist tomorrow so you might get one big hey check it out this person just wrote something but then it's up to me to continue to say my books are available on hudson you know and the beauty is I can post on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and it's free. And it allows you to be in complete control of your, of your product. Like I kept, this is my most recent book, and I kept all the publishing rights to it. And I gave the digital rights to Hudson. So when I sell a book, I make the full amount that I sell it for. Now there's a whole, it gets deeper and deeper. I mean, Amazon takes money if you sell through Amazon and stuff like that. So you start to figure out, okay, my art is also a business and you have to treat your artistic stuff as a business and figure out what's the value of this, how much time am I putting into it, you know, things like that. But, but doing it yourself is so possible nowadays that I highly recommend that that be the only way that anyone do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say that it's not fun to collaborate with people and, and do projects together. Yeah, but when it comes to the business part of it, that's where you have to start you know, making those decisions. Yeah. Man, these are great questions. Okay, plaid jacket. Um, you said you make your like, compose your own
1: music, right? Yep. Yes. Um, oh, dope. How, how did you really start... How? how is the process of making your
0: own music? Okay, this is a great question. <laughs> and I'm the perfect person to answer it. Because I've always been a drummer. And I've never been anything in the... I've never considered myself a composer or anything. I always thought, I'm the drummer. Uh, I can sing. I can kind of play piano. Um, but when I started writing exercises for drummers, when I started writing lessons, I thought it sure would be cool if this, if these exercises had music that went along with it, because it's a lot more fun to practice to music than it is to practice to just a metronome. And so I literally opened a DAW, a digital audio workstation, which was Reason at the time, but you know, there's Ableton and there's Logic and Pro Tools. There's all, there's a million of them. And I literally went in and Bing, I'm like, okay, those three notes sound cool together. How can I start to manipulate them? And I literally would just draw on MIDI, just drawing, putting dots in and then listening and going, eh, maybe this should be different. I totally did it by ear, not by theory, not by, this is how you learn how to do, you know, harmony and jazz. So this is how it needs to be. I would use my ear and I was like, okay, this sounds cool. Great. And so I just dove in and started that way about, gosh, in 2007 and now it's it's second nature. I can just go and, and write a piece of music anytime I want. And I still do it the same way. I still do it by ear. And I still draw it all out in, in MIDI. But the ear, the ear is what we use for music. You know? We can get overwhelmed by the idea of theory and the need to do all the stuff properly according to the rules, but Bottom line is your ears, the thing that tells you if it's good or not. And you just have to dive in and start. That's the whole, that's the whole secret to the whole thing. Yeah. Cool. All right. Is that good? Good answer for you. Okay. Awesome.
2: Uh, so My name is Anita and a question I have for you is how have you grown as an artist?
0: Say that one more time.
2: How have you grown as
0: an artist? How have I grown as an
2: artist? Yeah, there you
0: go. Yeah, okay, this is a great one. So, in the beginning of being a musician, the first... Are you a musician? Uh, I'm not
2: sure.
0: Okay, so in the beginning of a, of a person being a musician, the first thing you're doing is just learning how to play your instrument. Like, how do you, what fingers go down, and how do you do your embouchure to play a scale on the trumpet, right? And then eventually you're like, okay, there are some artists that I really like. I really like Miles Davis. I really like, you know, Herbie Hancock. And so you start to emulate these people. And you go through a period of emulation where you try to learn how to play like the greats, the quote, the greats. And then eventually all of that information that you've put into your brain and into your body and into your soul starts to get jumbled up and it starts to come out of you in a way that is is unique to yourself so you sort of pull from all the great people that you love to, to listen to and then eventually it just kind of becomes your own thing and then once you start to realize it's your own thing then you really go 100 percent in on developing what that is and a lot of that has to do with knowing yourself you ever heard the, the quote to thine own self be true? That's a Shakespeare quote. It's super important to always try to dig deeper into understanding who you are, because as you do that, you you peel the layers away of superficiality and you get to the depth of your own artistic expression. That's how that works. And I could not have answered that question 25 years ago. I was still in the process. But I'm not in that process anymore. I'm on the other side of it. But that's the that's the the timeline of how that works. That's a great question. All right, we have two minutes left. One more person. Amy? You
1: got a question? Um,
2: what are like some challenges that you face on like a daily basis in your career? Whether that's like um musicians' block or like not knowing what to write or compose, like how do you, um, overcome
0: those? Okay. This is an, a wonderful question and such an important thing to always think about. Um, there's a, there's an author named Seth Godin. I don't know if you've ever heard of Seth Godin, but he wrote a book. I think it's called, uh, it's a blue book. I can't remember the name of it, but in it, he says, when you're an amateur, you can afford to wait for the muse to move you. I'm waiting for my, the creativity, the, my creativity to hit me and then I'm going to work. And he says, when you decide to become professional, you no longer have that, that, uh, uh, that luxury. You can't wait for the muse. You just have to sit down and start. And so the hardest thing is knowing that when the last thing you want to do is sit down and you don't feel any creativity is to sit down and start doing something. And sure enough, when you do it and you start to go through the process, the creativity starts to come out and you're back in the zone, but you have to you have to force yourself sometimes. <laughs> it's like working out. Creativity is just like working out. I mean, you have to you have to build that that ability to create on the spot. Yeah. Another great question, and that's true in everything in life, right? I don't want to do it. Well, okay. Then you have to go do it <laughs> hard, hard, but that's the secret. Don't wait. Oh. Don't wait for the muse. Awesome. That was perfect. Wow. We did it in just the right amount of time.
1: Yeah. Thanks what, Rich.
0: What great questions.
1: Thank you. Okay. So you guys are on to session two. You know where you're going? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So- Yeah, no, they have 10 minutes till their next session, so I think a couple of them might stay and ask you a couple more
0: questions. Sure, yeah, you bet. (laughs) Okay, Okay. bye.
2: So, you talked about uh, DAOs. I'm curious which ones that you've used. Because right now, I've been um, kind of staying really committed to FL, and um, you know, school uses logic, so I've been. You know, trying that out. But I was just curious what you've used.
0: I actually use Ableton the most.
2: Ableton. Yeah. Would you suggest
0: that? Well, it's a it's a it's a tricky one because yeah in the in the professional level, like I live in Chicago, and the recording studios are either using Pro Tools or they're using Logic. Yeah. And then there's you know Pro Tool maxis who are like, you have to use Pro Tools. Don't even mm-hmm. like people send me their tracks. And then I record drums on them and send them back. And there are some people who are like, you have to record in Pro Tools. I'm like, why? <laughs> it's the same thing. I'm still yeah. sending you a WAV file. But yeah. you know, some people swear by those DAWs. So it's. I think it's. It's good to have something that you're used to, but it's also important to start to learn the ones that are that everyone is using. Yeah. That way. When you go into a recording studio and they're using Logic, you're like, I know everything that's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for FL though, you can use a free license. As is that, are you studios. talking like Fruity Loops? Is that what you're using? Is that what FL is, or what is FL? Um. Is it just I mean, called I'm FL?
2: Sure. Yeah, FL. Oh.
0: Yeah, FL Studios. I wonder if that's I, Fruity Loops. That used maybe in the beginning. Anyway.
2: It, it's it's gone through a lot of iterations. It, I would compare it to Ableton. It's mm-hmm. like a step between
0: Ableton and ProStop. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Ableton because yeah. it's really MIDI friendly. Yeah. It, R- Reason and real, Ableton yeah. are real. I mean, you can't do yeah. MIDI at all on Pro Tools. It's it's a drag to do try and do MIDI. It's yeah. more of a it's more of a just a recording yeah. software. But yeah, whatever you feel good on. But then know that there are some industry standards once you become get into the yeah, professional yeah. world of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All okay, right, thank
2: you.
0: Yeah. So
2: I have two questions. Okay. So, can we have your like email or something like that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you can uh, find me at uh, probably the best way to do is dr- okay. uh, drum mantra. Drum mantra. D R U M. M a N T R a one word mm-hmm. not much. at gmail.com. And I'm on all the social medias as well. So you can always find me in anywhere. Okay. Um,
2: can you play something
0: really quick? Can I play something? Yeah. I'm actually not set up to oh. like none of my micing is set up so it won't sound. It'll distort and stuff there's a whole different set of mics that I use on that stuff.
2: All right. Let's okay,
0: then I'm so sorry. I would love to.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Yeah. All right. Have a great day.
1: latif thanks. <laughs> hey So our next session is at uh
0: 2:20.
1: 2:20? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, feel free to take a break. I'll leave this open. There's nobody else coming in here between now and 2:20. So I'll leave this open. You can pop off and pop back on if you want or whatever. It doesn't matter. But you know, take a little break. Okay. And I'll see you in, I don't know, half an hour. Great. Is that
0: right? Yeah. I have to cool. I have another Zoom call right now, so I'm gonna log out and then I'll I'll oh, come back to this. There one. you
1: go. All right, see you in a little
0: bit. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Rich Stitzel, take it away.
0: Hey everybody. Thanks for being uh-huh. here. I hope I can uh answer some questions for you and give you clarity on the secrets of life in the next 20 minutes. So um, without me saying much more, I would like to just go into questions if that's cool. Hi,
2: my name is Lyndon, I'm a senior
1: here. What, what would you say is the most like difficult part about your job or like something that you've been through that um, you have to kind of figure out how to work through?
0: Uh, This is a great question, and um, this is true with anything that you do in life, is, uh, well, especially if you're a self-employed person, is to be self-motivated. That's a huge challenge. Um, You know, you're walking past the television, and it sure is easy to turn Netflix on. No. But uh, I do have other distractions. Social media. You know, there's all these things that you can spend your time doing, and you have to make a decision on... What are you going to do for yourself? What are you going to work on that is yours? And um, in the last class, and I'll just go ahead and repeat it because this is a really good thing. Um, when the, I, I read a book called uh, The Practice. I believe it's called The Practice. La- <laughs> last session, I remembered the author's name and not the book, and now I can remember the book's name and not the author. Seth Godin. Seth Godin, The Practice. And he said, when you're an amateur... You can wait for the muse to be inspired. But when you're a professional, you do not have that luxury. You just have to plow through and do the work. So you can't wait to be excited about something or inspired about something. You just have to, you know, put your head down and work. And like anything, like when you want to get better at something, when you want to make progress, you have to dedicate yourself and you have to work on it and it's just like it's just like working out you know if you're wanting to build muscle you have to go to the gym every day if you want to build the ability to create every day you have to practice that and it's hard because there's no one telling you to do it you know if you're in a job someone's telling you what to do but if you're self-employed you're just you're your own boss so that's the biggest challenge i think Is always moving forward. Great question. Is that a good answer? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Next.
2: Hi, my name is Justice Thomas, and my question is: Why do you think drumming over like other issues like sex or like there like like, financial?
0: Why do I think that drumming? What
1: what made you choose drumming over something else like playing the saxophone or playing the clarinet or something like that? Why did you
0: choose drums? You know, everybody is different. (laughs) And I actually, it's funny you said saxophone because my first instrument when I was, well, you know, I started off on piano. and uh, And then I played bass when I was 10 years old. And that didn't last very long. And then I played saxophone in middle school. And that lasted two years. And then I was like, maybe I should try drums. And when I got on drums, it's was like, yeah, this is it. It just, it all clicked. And, you know, when you're in a band, you have the drummer, the keyboard player, the horn players, the bass player, and every single person has a completely different personality. So you start, I started, are you, do you play an instrument?
2: Oh uh, No, I split a two of them.
0: Okay, everybody that plays an instrument, it, their, their personalities kind of match that instrument. I started to realize, like, lead singers are very outgoing people. They have to be, right? Drummers are a little bit quieter because we're behind stuff, we're, we're in the back. And so personality really has a lot to do with what instrument ends up being in the hands of that person. Yeah, but I just, I, I love math. And drums and rhythm really relate to math for me. You know, like coordinating limbs and doing different things with different parts of my body really felt right. Like, I like that challenge. That is why. And also because both of my parents are professional musicians and neither of them played the drums. So no one was around to say, to tell me what to do. (laughs) Because when I played saxophone, my mom would say, you might want to think about this, you know, I was like, I don't want anyone to tell me anything. I just want to do my thing. So it, early on when I was 14 is when I started. So that was my way of rebelling. I'm going to play the drums. <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> awesome. Good question. Next. Uh, my name
1: is Sid. And my question is, what's like the hardest thing to learn? Cause I was always told it was like music theory. But I bet it's for
0: people. Do you play music? Are you a musician?
1: Yeah.
0: What do you play? the piano. What is the hardest thing for you to learn? How to use my left hand. Okay. So that, so the answer to that question is different for every person, right? And you're going to face those kinds of challenges throughout your career, whatever it is you end up doing. You're going to find, find one day, that all of a sudden maybe theory makes total sense but then all of a sudden you're trying to do jazz theory and you're like wait a second classical theory goes the circle of fifths and jazz theory goes the circle of fourths everything's backwards and then you you go okay am i gonna confront that challenge and work my way through it or am i gonna let that intimidate me for 20 years and go man i wish i would have worked on that so challenges are unique to every individual I mean we all come into this world with different abilities and um the I think the the more important thing is to know that they can all be overcome and it just depends on the amount of dedication that you have to confront that challenge to get past it because if somebody if one person's been able to get past it then everyone should be able to get past it so it's really a game of self control and self discipline and just determination to to get through these obstacles. That's what growth is all about. So time to work on your left hand. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Good good question.
2: Um I'm Luke and Stone. Um and I was wondering like when you first started like touring, like locally. Uh huh. Like what did your set list look like? Were you playing like original songs or like covers? And then like, also like, was that your like main thing? Like, or did you have to have a job also?
0: In the beginning, it was all original. Every band I was in was an original band. And I loved that culture because when you're in an original band, that's the only thing you do. You're in that band and it's a culture that you build around that band, the fans are for that band and no one really, in those days when you're in an original band, you're usually just in that band and everyone is out, you know, promoting the band and everyone's 100% for the band. And that, that part of my life lasted about 12 to 15 years of original bands touring in vans all around the country. And then you start to realize I need to make more money i need to you know this is i want this to be a career instead of like living in nightclubs all the time and so that's when uh it becomes a job on its own so in the beginning days and and actually the the touring i did did kind of support us so we were able to eventually you know buy houses and stuff by being in original bands but in the very beginning no i worked at olive garden and Pizza Hut when I was you know 15 years old and but I loved to to play music but you know you're not making enough money to pay your rent when you're 15 anyway not not most most people aren't uh but then eventually it becomes a career when it becomes a career what my experience has been is you have to be able to play with anybody at any moment so you have to be able to read you have to be able to play all the styles you have to understand how to get good sound um And so like, if I got called, like I got called to do a a tour with this big country superstar and there were, there was one rehearsal and then we were playing arenas. So I had to learn the music on my own and be ready to go out and tour. And as soon as I got back home, you know, I'm playing a wedding and I'm playing jazz at a coffee shop. So when you're a professional musician, There's never a defining, this is what I do. You kind of always are doing everything. And a lot of that has to do with making a living. I mean, part of it has to do with being an artist. And, like, I like to be an artist and play with lots of different things. But then it's also, you know, I also like to live in a nice house and do nice things. So, you know, I write, I also write books and I teach and I play. So I do more than just play drums now. Um because I love doing all of those things. So it, it kind of evolves as you go. What do you play? Are you a musician? Oh uh,
2: yeah. I I play guitar and I sing. Okay. I play, I, drum, I drum a little bit too. Okay. Yeah.
0: For, is that what you want to do? Yeah,
2: definitely.
0: Cool. Well, the hardest thing about being in an original band is finding musicians who are 100% committed to being in that band. And, and are good enough to play at a level that, if you're the songwriter, you want everyone to be able to, like, express your vision. And so the hardest thing about being in an original band in the beginning is, like, finding players that are good, that are willing to, to commit and, and see the artistic vision of the whole thing go through. It's a, yeah. I love. I loved the challenge, and it's it's hard. But when you find those people, it's it's magical. It's the coolest thing in the world.
2: Yeah, I got like a one really close friend, but that I write a lot with. And then like our drummer and bassist are kind of fiddler, you know. <laughs> but I, can I ask one more thing, Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, like how do you start with like getting venues? Like, do you just like go in?
0: Well, it's different nowadays. I mean, in the old days, yeah, you would just go in and say, hey, can we play a gig here? And you'd give them your cassette. (laughs) And now it's like a venue wants to see your numbers. They want to see your social media numbers. Like, does your band have an Instagram page? Are there cool You you have a following? Like, venues can now see all that stuff. And it used to be like, well, we promise we'll bring 20 people and now they're like, well, we will only hire you if we see that you have, you know, 2,000 followers type of thing. Now I'm not saying those numbers are real, but uh, social media is a huge part of of getting your foot in the door of things. So like recording your rehearsals or like setting up cameras and performing one of your songs and putting it on your YouTube channel, the band YouTube channel, not your personal one, but the band one. Get your branding all together. I mean, all that stuff is the fun part about being in a band is like building your culture. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then and then yes, also calling venues and and there are venues that are are made for showcases, so you know, maybe there's five bands playing in one night and those are the kinds of things that you can get in on In the beginning, for sure. Yeah. I'm jealous. I want to go back to that part of my life. It was so awesome. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was crazy and out of control and beautiful and artistic and awesome. (laughs) Good. Awesome.
2: All right. Um, I'm David. And the question I have for you is what, like, period in your musicianship did you, like, learn the
0: most or like you improve the most in your opinion it's that's a great question and this is again i always say this is true for everybody for everything in life you go through these different periods in your life where like you know i went to the university of north texas for music which is a big major music school and so there were 200 drummers at that school before that i was at prin i went to prin um And when I was at Prynne, I was the second, you know, I was the second best player in the state. So I was the second chair, uh, all state drummer. So I'm like, all right, I'm awesome. And I go to North Texas and there's 200 drummers and they're the best drummers from their states. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, okay, super heavy, really good players. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what I'm doing. And you're practicing hours a day just to keep up in lessons And so during that period, you kind of think, man, I am becoming really good right now. And then you get out of college and you start to mold what it is that you're doing that directly applies to your career. And you stop doing some of the things that you were practicing in college and you start practicing other things that are relevant to what you're doing in your career. And then you get better that way and it just it just keeps going you know it's like i like to use the term micro niche so it's really important to understand who you are as a person and always always dig in and try to figure that out like who am i what am i all about what do i want to put out into the world and the more micro niche the more focused that can become and the more unique to yourself you can Come up with an understanding of yourself, then you can you can dive completely into developing yourself in just that little world, and then you become a master. Because there's all these levels of getting good, getting better, getting better, getting better, and then as you start to as that grows, and your focus narrows in because you learn who you are more, you you become actually a master of what you do and that's a that's a totally different space because you are everything that you do adds to what defines you as an artist so it's a really it's a really interesting question because we go through all these developmental stages through life and it never ends I mean people you know uh, I said earlier I'm 52 years old and I've been playing drums since I was 14, and I'm more on fire about it now than I've ever been. Like, I'm more excited about practicing and writing and teaching and playing, I love it. Because I've been able to filter out all the noise of, I have to be this for this person, and this for this person, and this for this person. And I can just completely be myself, be my own artist, use my own voice. And because of that, I can bring my mastery to the to the table. Mm-hmm. It's a lot less stressful, it's a lot more rewarding, but I'm sure there's other levels of growth that I haven't experienced yet that are, still to, are yet to come. Yeah, and that's true for all of you. No matter what it is you do, you're gonna go through all these levels of, all these periods of growth. And you'll go, wow, that's awesome. All right, we're at the time. Awesome, yep. thank you all. Great <laughs> thank questions. Thank you so much, Rich yeah it's good have, to hear
1: your story thanks for answering all the questions
0: you bet have a have good, a good one. day. you too bye-bye okay so there you have it a little interview with high school students um fun little con conversation we had so hopefully that was helpful to you in some way or another yeah well thanks for listening as always i always appreciate the support um like I said, this podcast has been a labor of love, and maybe I can fit some some energy back into it. I noticed it's crazy. I was just looking at it the other day. Uh, actually, I was just looking at it this morning. The the um, the numbers, and you know, if you don't put a podcast out for a while, it it kind of stops being listened to. <laughs> but I noticed that like five days ago, it was uh, the podcast was downloaded like a hundred and twenty times. So there must have been some kind of something in social media that, that triggered people to go back to the podcast. So, you know, maybe we'll do it a little bit more. Um, it's fun to do. It's always fun also when I have ideas of what to talk about. So if you enjoy the podcast and if you enjoy my style of, of presentation and you want me to talk about something or, or have uh, questions or whatever, I'm all ears you can leave comments. I think on the places that this podcast is made, like on the uh, the actual episodes on Apple or uh, where else is it Spotify? It's also on the Drum Mantra website. So uh, please subscribe, like, give a give a high rating if you'd like if you'd like to, and um, hit me up if you have any questions. Otherwise. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. All right, take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Your time and attention is much appreciated. I would love it if you went to the iTunes store and left a rating. And please share this with anybody that you think would like to go deeper with their practice. Take care.